Hello, friends. Welcome to this episode of the Evolution Podcast. And today I'm going to be diving into talk about a specific regulation practice or process because I have found that this is a place where we have a lot of confusion. So we all start our journey, meditation, somatics, working out, whatever it is that we're doing. We started out with this intention to regulate. And <laughs> that is such a good intention. We really have no idea what we're 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 doing or what we're talking about, right? And so it's like after we've been doing something for a while, we're like, hey, what's going on? What am I doing? So the first thing I want us to know is like, we're all going to start from that messy place. It's totally fine. Um, I'm going to keep inviting us to interrogate our words, get curious about what we're actually talking about, and to always be looking back to ourselves as the source of power. And also to remember that, yeah, we're probably going to start from a place of wanting to dominate our system, get it to function the way we want, enforce our, um, you know, subjective idea about how we should be. And that's probably where we're all going to start. And then as we continue on, those of us who are really interested in deeper states of regulation, um, decolonizing our system, learning to live in deeper reciprocity, we're going to start having some curiosities. We're going to have some questions. And one of those questions might be like, what am I actually doing when I attempt to regulate? What's going on? That's one of the places I want to talk about, because I think what we have to understand is like regulations, a really big umbrella for a lot of stuff. And even I who work with this word and work with these processes, like I often don't understand what someone's talking about when they say regulation. So let's break it down today. We're going to talk about discharging and discharging is a regulatory regulatory process that we really want at the beginning. And I don't just mean beginners as in only beginners should do this. I mean, as the beginning of a regulation process or practice, discharging is a really great place to start. It's actually a really essential place to start. So without a practice of discharging or even understanding what discharging is, we are going to be wanting a practice to do something, to shift something, to fix something. And that's going to keep us into more of a dysfunctional or hierarchical relationship with practice. So that I, I think the meditation's doing the thing, or I think the dancing's doing the thing, or the tapping's doing the thing. Now, they are absolutely facilitating something in my system. And not all modalities are created equal and most modalities are really good, but it's the practice that is opening you to a regulation process. So if we don't understand exactly what it is in terms of what part of our system needs to be regulated or what we're even inviting in that regulatory process, we're kind of just throwing spaghetti at the wall or firing arrows in the dark. We don't really know what we're aiming for. So here we're going to talk about aiming or inviting discharge. And there's a lot of modalities. There's a lot of practices that can be a vehicle for discharge. And I'll, I'll name some of those in a, in a minute, but 
what I want us to understand is that discharge is the beginning because most of the time when we notice that we need to be regulated or that we're dysregulated is because there's a charge in our system. And so charge is when there might be heightened emotions, there might be um, heightened sensations, there might be an erratic sensation, there might have, if we think about if you plugged yourself or you plugged something into a socket and the charge moving through the uh, socket into the body would be erratic or chaotic, dissonant, discordant. We often feel that charge in our body. We, some, you know, many of us call it anxiety. Some of us call it being unsettled, nervous belly, worry belly, fear. You know, there's lots of words we may put on it, difficulty. Some of us may actually experience a charge where we emotionally disassociate or flee. And so what we feel is shut down and we're unaware of what's going on below the surface of our awareness. So it can, charge can show up in a lot of ways, but often what we're looking at is that something has become, something (laughs) has become heightened. Something has become um, unstable or erratic. So survival energy is meant to be used for a finite period of time and then discharged and we return to our homeostasis. Now, remember homeostasis isn't necessarily a home base that is full of functional energy or, you know, regulation to its highest, but it is going to be where you normally regulate your auto regulation. And we're going to always feel most normal in our baseline. So a charge can often be something that is either feeling really different from our normal baseline. For some of us, it's just too much of what we're normally used to. So we could be someone that is auto-regulating at a fair amount of anxiety each day. And that is okay for us. And then if it becomes more anxiety or there's anxiety added on top of what our norm is, what our current capacity is used to carrying, we then feel the charge. So the point I'm trying to make is that our baseline, so the charge is kind of coming in in a heightened way. It's an amplification. It's a magnification. It's um, and adding on, it's it's you know icing on top of the cake. There's something added here that feels beyond our capacity. That's how we're going to usually experience charge. Charge is sometimes very difficult to be inside the experience of, but it's a really good indicator that we're asking for support and that our system's been a little full or a little fed up. So, you know, that state statement where you say like, I am fed up to here. I've had it up to here. That's usually a moment where we've been living pretty much at the top, um, you know, pretty full, pretty loaded. And now something else has come on top of that. And it's just, there is the straw that broke the camel's back. And so that's usually the charge that we experience. And what is really amazing if we start practicing discharging, because discharge will always come with this, get it off, get me out of here, right? Like it's going to really activate for many of us, a flea response. We want out, we want it off. We want it to go away. We don't want to experience this anymore. 
And so learning to practice discharge also allows us to practice our capacity to stay with the charge while it's clearing. Because one of the reasons why usually our flinging and fleeing and flight pattern isn't a discharge is that we're just turning away from the charge. We're turning our awareness or we're going to do something that suppresses the charge. So the charge doesn't actually go away, but we're kind of stuffing it in a drawer. We're hiding in a closet we're putting into a part of our system that maybe we can ignore. And then it has to start shouting at us louder. And a lot of times what we're going to experience is cellular inflammation or even tension in the body is where we've just been stuffing charge down rather than discharging. And so if we stuff a charge, if we don't allow it to move all the way through, if we don't discharge it, then it becomes load in the system. A great way of thinking about this is that we just packed another bag that we get to carry around and it's heavy, right? It can get really heavy. We think about these backpacks and these suitcases that we're dragging around of all of these uncomplete, unfinished, open windows of stress response. So the discharge process is going to begin acutely. We're going to begin it um, at the top of our system, right? So it's going to become a top-down process where we're really aware that we're just skimming the top of the pond so that we can have a little bit more space to stay, a little bit more space to be available, a little bit more space to breathe. And once we get practiced at the discharge, then we begin a down-regulating process. And down-regulating is where we're going to begin to bring that load down. But if we try and bring the load down while we've got this sort of active erraticness on top, it can be a little harder. The energy of our load is going to feel a bit more normal to us, and the charge is going to feel a bit less normal to us. So we want to start with dismantling the charge or releasing the charge so that we have a little bit of space and our body is not as prone towards flee. Now, sometimes what's going to happen is we will be in a deeper process, perhaps, you know, really working towards an altered state of consciousness or journey space or shadow work or something deeper. And we will get charged because we hit a trigger. Right. And so in those moments, like again, discharging is going to be really helpful to help you stay with the deeper process that you're in. So we can use discharging alongside other practices. We can use it standalone. We can use it formally as in just taking time each day to discharge our system. And, and, you know, it's kind of like wiping the gum off the bottom of the shoe that you just happen to pick up every day when you were walking down the street, right? So there's a way we get charged up. We get activated. It's not all emotional dumping or emotional dysfunction of others either that's going to charge us up. We can get charged, overstimulated from a vast variety of things. What we're eating can play into this. The capacity of our resourcing that we've had. So if you are under-resourced in terms of nutrition and minerals or sleep, water, hydration, all kinds of things can have your system more prone to get charged or triggered. And so what we can just accept is it's going to be a normal part of life. We don't have to feel unenlightened or 
you know, that our awakening experience wasn't true or that all the meditations we've done up to this point didn't matter or that we should be somewhere different. We can just accept that if we're in a body, if we are meeting stimuli every day, that we are going to end up with charge and we're going to be loading our system. And so practicing discharge and then going later into practicing unloading and downregulating just gets to be a normal part, especially if you're someone who's interested in nervous system health, nervous system expansion, and being able to really access the full capacity of self. So when we're charged, when we're when our, our nervous system's loaded, when it's carrying excess energies, where it's not um, processing the energies all the way through, and we've got emotional stagnation, energetic locks and blocks, all of these different types of ways of thinking about it. We are going to be organizing ourselves in a very reactive and protective way. We're going to be organizing ourselves in a very narrow channel. We're going to need to keep things in control and we're going to be very afraid of being exposed. Our imposter is going to be quite loud here. Our fear, our self-consciousness is going to be quite on point here. And just our ability to be able to handle things. I remember being in a very difficult time in my life and finding so much charge happening in my system at family dinner. Just the just trying to navigate a multiplicity of conversations, people's sort of, you know, quick changes of information, not giving the full story, you know, all of these sort of things became big triggers. And I was experiencing a lot of charge at the dinner table. And so trying to practice discharging in those moments so that I could just be a little more present, a little more grounded, a little more available to my breath and a little more um, engaged with my family was huge, you know? And so that, those were big marathon moments where I'm really living out the experience. I have definitely had to practice discharging while teaching uh, because when you're co-regulating a large space with a lot of people and you're navigating all of this stimuli and all of these thought forms and all this energy, the charge can build very quickly. And we can often, if we're not aware of it at this level of our nervous system, and if we're not practiced at discharging, we can really allow it to derail us. And we can really have stories about, I didn't do a good enough job or, um, it can shut down our voice. It can, it can, you know, derail our train of thought. Like all of these things can happen inside of this charged up energy. It can also just keep us feeling a little unsatisfied and lackluster with our performances. So being able to discharge in the moment is hugely important. And it's also going to be that place where if we don't want to stay in the emotional volatility and we don't want to be reactive and we don't want to be acting out, um, you know, from our wounding and lashing out at people, discharging is really essential. So what can we do? We can allow the erratic dissonant energy to move through the body. And we're always going to want to start moving energy with the breath. And we're always going to start every practice in regulation, in a true regulation process, not by 
shifting something first, not by getting away from something, not by turning our gaze away, but by meeting it, but by saying, hello, you're here. So discharging is not a process where we want to get into a ricochet. It's not a process where we want to get into judgment. If it's already in my system, I don't need to be shitting myself around it. I don't need to be having a conversation why I shouldn't be feeling this way or I shouldn't react that way or all of those things. I need to realize that it's here. And so now my role is to accept where I am and support myself to move the energy so that I can find some access to center, some access to grounding, some access to presence so that I can make myself okay to be in the moment, to stay in my body, to stay awake. If I go into a lot of judgments, if I start talking about the past, if I start offloading um, my presence or my energy towards the future, I'm not going to be able to discharge that energy. So again, it's going to go towards a suppression. It's going to go towards hiding it away. And this is what's going on in so many of our systems. When we're having these reactions or these responses that are seemingly out of sync or out of proportion to what's happening, or we seemingly lose control or get lost in a reaction, it's often because there's so much open charge that's just been suppressed or stuck down in our system. And that when it can find a channel of discharging, a channel of expression, it comes out. (laughs) And, you know, sometimes it can be like a geyser when, you know, and the top pops and we're just like, boom, it's, it's, it's out there. Other things that can happen when we keep this charge in our system is that it fuels and feeds our addictive patterns. It fuels and feeds our emotional dysregulation and distortion And it can be like little gremlins that start running around in your system. If you think about the computer as a metaphor, you know, your system, the nervous system as the operating system, and then you get all of these gremlins, these, um, what do they actually call them in the computer? Bugs? Yeah, I think you get a bug or a virus. I guess same in the body, right? So you get these little things running around your system sort of chomping on your wires and fraying your system and, you know, being strange little pebbles and boulders that the energy has to redirect around. So it just makes it complicated. It just makes your stress map more um, volatile, more active, you know, it, it keeps the part of us. And then, and then, you know, so often it feels like it's the way we don't know ourselves or it's against the story of self. And so then to try and get back to our sense of self, we, again, try and cap things or suppress things rather than moving through and letting the difficulty, the crunchies. um, I often find, I often call what we're trying to discharge like the crunchiness. And, you know, there's not, this isn't a pattern release. This is simply inviting the volatile, dissonant, dysregulated, um, excess, yucky energy that we're experiencing to release so that we can dig in deeper. Um, and I'm making that point because again, if we just talk about parts of things or we just kind of clump everything together, we don't really understand. So for years I've led moon circles and was, have been involved in, 
you know, women's spirituality from that lens. And I absolutely love it. And also um, there are ways that some of the practices really can lend us to bypass and, you know, sort of releasing ceremonies where we're thinking that we're releasing something and we're just saying words and we actually don't have a somatic relationship to the pattern yet. And we haven't met it in energy space and we don't really understand exactly what we're saying. And discharge is not that, right? So discharge is where we're looking and feeling something and we're wanting to shift the energy that keeps us from dropping deeper into our body. We're allowing the energy that would kind of zap us out or zap us in a certain direction or create a volatility in our system to be released. So we begin with the breath and we allow ourselves to meet the breath as it, as it is. And we're going to allow the breath to anchor the process. So the energy can move through the breath. We also are going to want to bring in the body. So how do we get the body into some type of mobilization? And so this is where tapping, this is where shaking, this is where uh, shifting the weight from side to side, dropping the heels, a little bit of bouncing, all of these type of easy body movements can help us to release the energy. One of the impulses can be to try and discharge really quickly. And usually what happens if we discharge too quickly is we actually feed that flea process a little too much. So rather than discharging the energy from the body, we actually flee. We actually move our awareness. We move our emotions out and we might say like up and above or out of the body, out of awareness, out of inhabiting our consciousness deeply down in. And so we want to discharge slowly. So as we meet that breath, it might be stuck. It might feel caught. It might feel shallow. And so as we acknowledge that, we also then can get of an invitation to deepen, to soften, to slow the breath to let it be very lightly held, but deeply focused. When we're moving the body, when we're going to shaking, to the tapping, to the shifting of weight, to the bouncing, to the dropping of the heels, we can not move to the fastest rhythm that we would want. We're going to invite the rhythm to be steady and to be kind of moderate. So it doesn't need to be super slow, but it doesn't need to be super fast. So we want to find a nice moderate rhythm. So nice, slow breath, nice, moderate, easy, moderate, slower than most of us are going to think about wanting it to be rhythm of movement. And after that, we could bring in some toning, some sounding. So that could be formal using the vowel sounds or the bija mantras that could be just making noise and just uh, letting it move, letting the body then from that place like begin to take shape. If you are in a space where you could do that, like maybe the body wants to curve around or get 
kind of gremlin-y or maybe it wants to move a little bit faster in the upper body while the lower body stays slow or vice versa. So if we start feeling that impulse to get it out, get it out, get away, we could give into that just a little bit with part of the body, maybe moving a little faster, maybe circling the arms a little bit, but like still swaying the hips nice and slow or keeping the knees bouncing really easy so that we're not again, going to give over to that full flight response that we're inviting the energy to release. So we're saying to this energy, this dissonance, this erraticness, like you're welcome to, to go back towards the earth, right? Because energy is never created or destroyed. It's always already all here. And so all we're wanting to do is to give this erratic energy a space to land that's not in my body. And so as we're moving, we can think about releasing it into the earth to be um, cleared or reset or, you know, have its rhythm sort of cleansed and held. You can release it to the water. So you can work with your imagination as well so that we're also wanting to make sure we're not creating a hierarchical power or, or sending um, lack of fear, lack of safety cues and creating more fear by being afraid of what we're feeling or having a judgment against it, right? So whatever we're feeling, is it's not, we don't want to make that the problem. What, what we can understand is that it's a little too chaotic or a little too dissonance or a little too amplified for my body to be there with it right now. And so I want to give it over to a space that can hold that energy better than me so that I can drop into my body and I can open and I can see more fully what is the support that I need. How did I land in that trigger or what is overstimulating me that I might need to make a choice on, or what do I just need a break and a rest with? Right. So, you know, the energy charge is going to come in at the sympathetic side of our system, but usually it is a parasympathetic distortion (laughs) that has opened the door. So again, we're not just looking at this idea that we're going to be able to flip or switch or just be in one side of our system. So generally, because the parasympathetic side is the part of our system that really sets our capacity, when our capacity is lowered, there's the parasympathetic distortion. And then the sympathetic side, so helpful, is like, don't worry that you have no capacity or that you're distorted or that you're locked in fear. I can handle everything. I'll just do it. And it just keeps doing things, right? And then that's where we end up in an overload or an overcharge. Just check my notes and see if there's anything else I want to say. So we start with the breath. Then we bring in the body. Then we bring in the sound. Then we bring in maybe more formal body movement. And we also at that point can move into more of a formalized breath process. So you could go into breath of fire. You could go into the active three-part Um, pranayam, you could go into something of more of a clearing breath. I say that like that because you can't see me do quotes, clearing breath. So clearing breath would be maybe shortening the inhale just a little bit, inviting the exhale to be longer, but doing that by toning the lips. So sometimes we call this straw breath, right? We're sort of using that tone of the lips to create the wind, the movement out. We also can bring in um, like a raspberries, horsey lips. So 
discharging the energy that way. So all of those things can come in there. And then at that point, the body will begin to impulse in a different way, and it might need more vigorous shaking at that point. And that's generally when we're ready to move into a bit more fast pace or even a bit more loud sound. Um, there might be something of a primal scream or a that wants to move through, and that's all perfect. Discharging can happen um, in time-wise quickly, like it doesn't take a huge amount of time. If you have the space when you're first beginning, especially to sort of get used to this idea that you can move the energy in your body and prepare yourself to uh, ground down a little bit more, uh, giving yourself at least 10 minutes to do this type of process is brilliant. One of the things I think is really great in modeling this is kids have a lot of big feels and if we can model for them that it's okay to release them, that it's okay to express them, and we don't have to express them towards someone else. We just get to express them. We just get to release what we're feeling when it's too much, when it's moving too fast, or it's moving in a way that feels unhelpful or unsafe. We get to begin this discharging process. I also encourage when you're beginning this discharging process, not to be too caught up in what you're doing or if you're doing it right, or if you should be all of those things you, you're going to. You, so firstly, reminder, you can never do surgery on yourself. So as you begin your regulatory journey, if you're really moving towards deep regulation, you're going to need to be held so that someone else can say, oh, that's I'm so proud you've been practicing discharge. This is actually a place where we want to stay a little longer. Right. And you're not probably going to be able to discern that for yourself. So there will be a, an, there is and also the other side, that if you're overholding. So when people arrive to work with me, we're generally, I'm generally working with systems that are so practiced at staying and staring and sitting into the shadow, like the capacity to stay there with it is so great. And I'm like, okay, fantastic. Like we need to move. We need to move this. It's time to shift, right? And then also people arrived and they're, they're, they're get out, they're flingers, they're runawayers. And it's like, oh, thank, okay, thank you. That's so good. I'm so glad that you are discharging so completely all of the time. Let's stay. So it's okay, right? It's okay that as we're learning about the specific types of regulatory processes that we might still find ourselves in one particular pattern or coping or another. And it's okay if we can't quite tell what our coping is until someone else maybe invites us into seeing it from a different place. What's most important in the process, especially if you're cleaning up your practices and you're learning to listen to your system more fully, is that you're just willing to listen more fully. So discharging is not going to be an answer for everything, but it is a great place to start. And it's a great place to start if you've been meditating for a long time, if you've been doing other regulatory practices, but you're not certain what you're doing with your system. And I would love to just invite you to start with regulation from this discharging place and then get curious about what happens and get curious about what you feel and always doing all of your regulation, whatever you're doing, whatever you call it, always doing it with this invitation that I'm moving towards greater capacity to be in my body 
to be aware of sensation and to feel really lovely and luscious and beautiful about being me in this body. So discharging is a way that we're not getting out of something. We're just releasing what we don't need in the moment. We're just clearing the pond scum and we're inviting ourselves to do that through the body, not through emotional fleeing. (laughs) So I hope this helped. (laughs) If, you know, it's, I think one of the reasons why none of us know these words or know these particular processes is because, yeah, it's, um, those practices are simple and the concepts are confusing. And that's why I do this work. That's why I'm so passionate about teaching and guiding mamas and trailblazers and facilitators and visionaries onto deeper regulatory journeys, because the impact is vast in our lives and thus the lives of the people that we are holding but it can be confusing. So I hope this gives you a great place to start. I hope that maybe some practice that you've been doing, you go ding, ding, ding. I was practicing discharge. And if not, I hope you're like, okay, great. Now is my opportunity to practice some discharge. And so next time I find myself squeezing my ass, clenching my toes, gripping my jaw, breathing fire out my nose, feeling like I have to get out of here, not being able to track the conversation. However, that charge might be arriving you're like perfect opportunity. And also perhaps you bring it into a formal morning or night practice where you just, you know, like you brush your teeth, you discharge whatever might be excess in your system. All right. I hope this serves you. I hope to hear from you. Thank you so much for being part of this journey. I know so many of you are asking when I'm going to make all of these things public Um, and I really appreciate your support and your encouragement right now. We're just keeping it on the private podcast and we'll see where it goes from there. Thank you.